Section 7 of Around the World on a Bicycle, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John B. Around the World on a Bicycle, Volume 1 by Thomas Stevens. Chapter 4, Part 1. From the Great Plains to the Atlantic. Through the courtesy of the commanding officer at Fort Sydney, I am enabled to resume my journey eastward under the grateful shade of the military summer helmet, in lieu of the semi-sombrero slouch that has lasted me through from San Francisco. Certainly it is not without feelings of compunction that one discards an old friend that has gallantly stood by me through thick and thin throughout the eventful journey across the intermountain country but the white helmet gives such a delightfully imposing air to my otherwise forlorn and woebegone figure that i ride out of sydney feeling quite vain the first thing done is to fill a poor yellow-spotted snake whose head is boring in the sand with lively surprise by riding over his mottled carcass and only the fact of the tire being rubber and not steel enables him to escape unscathed this same evening while halting for the night at lodge pole station the opportunity of observing the awe-inspiring aspect of a great thunderstorm on the plains presents itself with absolutely nothing to obstruct the vision the alpha and omega of the whole spectacle are plainly observable the gradual mustering of the forces is near the rockies to the westward then the skirmish line of fleecy cloudlets comes rolling and tumbling in advance bringing a current of air that causes the ponderous windmill at the railway tank to about face sharply and sets its giant arms to whirling vigorously around behind comes the compact inky veil that spreads itself over the whole blue canopy above seemingly banishing all hope of the future and athwart its Sumerian surface shoot zigzag streaks of lightning accompanied by heavy muttering thunder that rolls and reverberates over the boundless plains seemingly conscious of the spaciousness of its playground broad sheets of electric flame play along the ground filling the air with a strange unnatural light heavy pattering raindrops begin to fall and ten minutes after a pelting pitiless downpour is drenching the sod cabin of the lonely rancher and for the time being converting the level plain into a shallow lake a fleet of prairie schooners is anchored in the south platte bottom waiting for it to dry up as i trundle down that stream every mile made interesting by reminiscences of indian fights and massacres next day toward ogallala and one of the pilgrims looks wise as i approach and propounds the query does it have to get very muddy afore you can ride your velocity mister yas pretty doggone muddy i drawl out in reply for although comprehending his meaning i don't care to venture into an explanatory lecture of uncertain length seven weeks travel through bicyclist territory would undoubtedly convert an angel into a hardened prevaricator so far as answering questions is concerned this afternoon is past the first homestead as distinguished from a ranch consisting of a small tent 
pitched near a few acres of newly upturned prairie in the picket line of the great agricultural empire that is gradually creeping westward over the plains crowding the autocratic cattle kings and their herds farther west even as the indians and their still greater herds buffaloes have been crowded out by the latter at ogallala which but a few years ago was par excellence the cowboy's rallying point homesteads timber claims and preemption now form the all-absorbing topic the platts petered since the hoosiers have begun to settle it up deprecatingly reflects a bronzed cowboy at the hotel supper table and from his standpoint he is correct passing the next night in the dugout of a homesteader in the forks of the north and south platte i pass in the morning buffalo bill's home ranch the place where a ranch proprietor himself resides is denominated the home ranch as distinctive from the ranch presided over by employees only the house and improvements of which are said to be the finest in western nebraska taking dinner at north platte city i cross over a substantial wagon bridge spanning the turgid yellow stream just below where the north and south branches fork and proceed eastward as the platte simply reaching brady island for the night here i encounter extraordinary difficulties in getting supper four families representing the union pacific force at this place all living in separate houses constitute the population of brady island all our folks are just recovering from the scarlet fever is the reply to my first application mother's down to the darton on the island and we ain't got no bread baked says a barefooted youth at house number two me old ooman's across to the neighbors and there ain't a boy to grub cooked in the shanty answers the proprietor of number three seated on the threshold puffing vigorously at the traditional short clay we ought to nort blat bean to visit und schust back to home got mit nudings gookt winds up the gloomy program at number four i'm hesitating about whether to crawl in somewhere supperless for the night or push on further through the darkness when i don't care pa it's a shame for a stranger to come here where there are four families and have to go without supper greet my ears in a musical tremulous voice it is the convalescent daughter of house number one valiantly championing my cause and so well does she succeed that her pa comes out and notwithstanding my protests insists on setting out the best they have cooked homesteads now become more frequent groves of young cottonwoods representing timber claims are occasionally encountered and section house accommodation becomes a thing of the past near willow island i come within a trifle of stepping on a belligerent rattlesnake and in a moment his deadly fangs are hooked to one of the thick canvas gaiters i am wearing were my exquisitely outlined calves encased in cycling stockings only i should have had a heap sick foot to amuse myself with for the next three weeks though there is little danger of being snuffed out entirely by a rattlesnake favor these days 
an all-potent remedy is to drink plenty of whisky as quickly as possible after being bitten and whisky is one of the easiest things to obtain in the west given his snakeship to understand that i don't appreciate his good intentions by vigorously shaking him off i turn my barker loose on him and quickly convert him into a goody good snake for if the only good indian is a dead one surely the same terse remark applies with much greater force to the vicious and deadly rattler as i progress eastward sod houses and dugouts become less frequent and at long intervals frame schoolhouses appear to remind me that i am passing through a civilized country stretches of sand alternate with rideable roads all down the platte often i have to ticklishly wobble along a narrow space between two yawning ruts over ground that is anything but smooth i consider it a lucky day that passes without adding one or more to my long and eventful list of headers and to-day i'm fairly unhorsed by a squall of wind that taking me unawares blows me and the bicycle fairly over east of plum creek a greater proportion of rideable road is encountered but they still continue to be nothing more than well-worn wagon trails across the prairie and when teams are met en route westward one has to give and the other take in order to pass it is doubtless owing to misunderstanding a cycler's capacities rather than ill-nature that makes these western teamsters oblivious to the precept it is better to give than to receive and if ignorance is bliss an outfit i meet to-day ought to comprise the happiest mortals in existence near elm creek i meet a train of schooners whose drivers fail to recognize my right to one of the two-wheel tracks and in my endeavor to ride past them on the uneven greensward i am rewarded by an inglorious header a dozen freckled arkansasish faces are watching my movements with undisguised astonishment and when my crest alien self is spread out on the prairie these faces one and all resolve into expansive grins and a squeaking female voice from out nearest wagon pipes law me that's a right smart chance of a travelin machine but if that's the way they stop em i wonder they don't break every blessed bone in their body but all sorts of people are mingled promiscuously here for soon after this incident two young men come running across the prairie from a semi-dugout who prove to be college graduates from the hub who are rooting prairie here in nebraska preferring the free independent life of a western farmer to the restraints of a position at an eastern desk they are more conversant with cycling affairs than myself and having heard of my tour have been on the lookout expecting i would pass this way at kearney junction the roads are excellent and everything is satisfactory but an hour's ride east of that city i am shocked at the gross misconduct of a vigorous and vociferous young mule who is confined alone in a pasture presumably to be weaned 
he evidently mistakes the picturesque combination of man and machine for his mother as on seeing us approach he assumes a thirsty anxious expression raises his unmusical undignified voice and endeavors to jump the fence he follows along the whole length of the pasture and when he gets to the end and realizes that i am drawing away from him perhaps forever he bawls out in an agony of grief and anxiety and recklessly bursting through the fence comes tearing down the road filling the air with the unmelodious notes of his soul-harrowing music the road is excellent for a piece and i lead him a lively chase but he finally overtakes me and when i slow up he jogs along behind quite contentedly east of kearney the sod houses disappear entirely and the improvements are of a more substantial character at wood river i make my bow to the first growth of natural timber since leaving the mountains which indicates my gradual advance off the vast timberless plains passing through grand island central city and other towns i find myself anchored saturday evening june the fourteenth at duncan a settlement of polackers an honest-hearted set of folks who seem to thoroughly understand a cycler's digestive capacity though understanding nothing whatever about the uses of the machine resuming my journey next morning i find the roads fair after crossing the lope river and passing through columbus i reach about eleven a m a country schoolhouse with a gathering of farmers hanging around outside awaiting the arrival of the parson to open the meeting alighting i am engaged in answering forty questions or thereabouts to the minute when that pious individual canters up and dismounting from his nag comes forward and joins in the conversation he invites me to stop over and hear the sermon and when i beg to be excused because desirous of pushing ahead while the weather is favorable his reverence solemnly warns me against desecrating the sabbath by going farther than the prescribed sabbath day's journey at piedmont i bid farewell to the platte which turns south and joins the missouri river at plattsmouth and follow the old military road through the elkhorn valley to omaha military road sounds like music in a cycler's ear suggestive of a well-kept and well-graded highway but this particular military road between fremont and omaha fails to awaken any blithesome sensations to-day for it is almost one continuous mud-hole it is called a military road simply from being the route formerly traversed by troops and supply trains bound for the western forts besting a day in omaha i obtain a permit to trundle my wheel across the union pacific bridge that spans the missouri river the big muddy toward which i have been traveling so long between omaha and council bluffs i bid farewell to nebraska and cross over to iowa heretofore i have omitted mentioning the tremendously hot weather i have encountered lately because of my inability to produce legally tangible evidence but to-day while eating dinner at a farmhouse i leave the bicycle standing against the fence 
an old soul ruthlessly unsticks the tire so that when i mount it comes off and gives me a gymnastic lesson all unnecessary my first day's experience in the great hawkeye state speaks volumes for the hospitality of the people there being quite a rivalry between two neighboring farmers about which should take me in to dinner a compromise is finally made by which i am to eat dinner at one place and be turned loose in a cherry orchard afterward at the other to which happy arrangement i of course enter no objections in striking contrast to these friendly advances is my own unpardonable conduct the same evening in conversation with an honest old farmer i see you're taking notes i suppose you keep track of the crops as you travel along says the h o f certainly i take more notice of the crops than anything i'm a natural born agriculturalist myself well continues the farmer right here where we stand is carson township ah indeed is it possible that i have at last arrived at carson township you've heard of the township before then eh heard of it why man alive carson township is all the talk out in the rockies in fact it's known all over the world as the finest township for corn in iowa this sort of conduct is i admit unwarrantable in the extreme but cycling is responsible for it all if continuous cycling is productive of a superfluity of acceleration and said acceleration bubbles over occasionally plainly the bicycle is to blame so forcibly does this latter fact intrude upon me as i shake hands with the farmer and congratulate him on his rare good fortune in belonging to carson township that i mount and with a view of taking a little of the shine out of it ride down the long steep hill leading to the bridge across the nishnabotany river at a tremendous pace the machine kicks against this treatment however and when about half way down it strikes a hole and sends me spinning and gyrating through space and when i finally strike terra firma it thumps me unmercifully in the ribs ere it lets me up variable is the word descriptive of the iowa roads for seventy-five miles due east of omaha the prairie rolls like a heavy atlantic swell and during a day's journey i pass through a dozen alternate stretches of muddy and dusky road for like a huge watering-pot do the rain-clouds pass to and fro over this great garden of the west that is practically one continuous fertile farm from the missouri to the mississippi passing through des moines on the twenty-third muddy roads and hot thunder-showery weather characterize my journey through central iowa aggravated by the inevitable question why don't you ride one solomon-visaged individual asking me if the railway company wouldn't permit me to ride along one of the rails no base unworthy suspicions of a cycler's inability to ride on a two-inch rail finds lodgment in the mind of this wiseacre but his compassionate heart is moved with tender solicitude as to whether the soulless company will 
or will not permit it hurrying timorously through grinnell the city that was badly demolished and scattered all over the surrounding country by a cyclone in eighteen eighty two i pause at victor where i find the inhabitants highly elated over the prospect of building a new jail with the fines nightly inflicted on graders employed on a new railroad nearby who come to town and hilaire every evening what kind of a place do you call this i inquire on arriving at a queer-looking town twenty-five miles west of iowa city this is south amana one of the towns of the amana society is the civil reply the amana society is found upon inquiry to be a communism of germans numbering fifteen thousand souls and owning fifty thousand acres of choice land in a body with woollen factories four small towns and the best of credit everywhere everything is common property and upon withdrawal or expulsion a member takes with him only the value of what he brought in the domestic relations are as usual and while no person of ambition would be content with the conditions of life here the slow ease-loving methodical people composing the society seem well satisfied with their lot and are perhaps happier on the whole than the average outsider i remain here for dinner and take a look around the people the buildings the language the food everything is precisely as if it had been picked up bodily in some rural district in germany and set down unaltered here in iowa vigets i venture as i wheel past a couple of plump rosy-cheeked maidens in the quaint old-fashioned garb of the german peasantry vigets is the demure reply from them both at once but not the shadow of a dimple responds to my unhappy attempt to win from them a smile pretty but not coquettish are these communistic maidens of a manna at tiffin the stilly air of night is made joyous with the mellifluous voices of whippoorwills the first i have heard on the tour and their tuneful concert is impressed on my memory in happy contrast to certain other concerts both vocal and instrumental endured en route passing through iowa city crossing cedar river at moscow nine days after crossing the missouri I hear the distant whistle of a Mississippi steamboat. Its hoarse voice is sweetest music to me, heralding the fact that two-thirds of my long tour across the continent is completed, crossing the Father of Waters over the splendid government bridge between Davenport and Rock Island. I pass over into Illinois. For several miles my route leads up the Mississippi River bottom, over sandy roads but nearing rock river the sand disappears and for some distance an excellent road winds through the oak groves lining this beautiful stream the green woods are free from underbrush and a cool undercurrent of air plays amid the leafy shades which if not ambrosial are none the less grateful as it registers over one hundred degrees in the sun without the silvery sheen of the river glimmers through the interspaces the dulcet tones of church bells come floating on the breeze from over the river 
seeming to proclaim with their melodious tongues peace and goodwill to all rock river with its three hundred yards in width of unbridged waters now obstructs my path and the ferry-boat is tied up on the other shore whoopee i yell at the ferryman's hut opposite but without receiving any response i repeat in a gentle civilized voice learned by the by two years ago on the crow reservation in montana and which sets the surrounding atmosphere in a whirl and drowns out the music of the church bells it has no effect whatever on the case-hardened ferryman in the hut he pays no heed whatever until my persuasive voice is augmented by the voices of two new arrivals in a buggy when he sallies serenely forth and slowly ferries us across riding along rather indifferent roads between farms worth a hundred dollars an acre through the handsome town of genesee stopping overnight at atkinson i resume my journey next morning through a country abounding in all that goes to make people prosperous if not happy pretty names are given to places hereabouts for on my left i pass pink prairie bordered with green river crossing over into bureau county i find splendid graveled roads and spend a most agreeable hour with the jolly bicycle club of princeton the handsome county seat of bureau county pushing on to lamoille for the night the enterprising village barber there hustles me into his cosy shop and shaves shampoos shingles bay rums and otherwise manipulates me to the great enhancement of my personal appearance also he says for the honor of having lathered the chin of the great and only in fact the illinoisians seem to be most excellent folks after three days journey through the great prairie state my head is fairly turned with kindness and flattery but the third night as if to rebuke my vanity i am bluntly refused shelter at three different farmhouses i am benighted and conclude to make the best of it by turning in under a haycock but the fox river mosquitoes oust me in short order and compel me to mosey along through the gloomy night to yorkville at yorkville a stout german on being informed that i am going to ride to chicago replies what chicago me dot why mine dear yellow chicago's more as forty miles you can't ride me dot to chicago and the old fellow's eyes fairly bulge with astonishment at the bare idea of riding forty miles mit dot i considerately refrain from telling him of my already twenty-five hundred mile jaunt mit dot lest an apoplectic fit should waft his teutonic soul to realms of sauerkraut bliss and limburger happiness forever on the morning of july the fourth i roll into chicago where having persuaded myself that i deserve a few days rest i remain till the democratic convention winds up on the thirteenth fifteen miles of good riding and three of tough trundling 
through deep sand brings me into indiana which for the first thirty-five miles around the southern shore of lake michigan is simply and solely sand finding it next to impossible to traverse the wagon roads i trundle around the water's edge where the sand is firmer because wet after twenty miles of this i have to shoulder the bicycle and scale the huge sand dunes that border the lake here and after wandering for an hour through a bewildering wilderness of swamps sand hills and hickory thickets i finally reach miller station for the night this place is enough to give one the yellow-edged blues nothing but swamps sand sad-eyed turtles and ruthless relentless mosquitoes at chesterton the roads improve but still enough sand remains to break the force of headers which notwithstanding my long experience on the road i still manage to execute with undesirable frequency to-day i take one and while unravelling myself and congratulating my lucky stars at being in a lonely spot where none can witness my discomfiture a gruff sarcastic ha ha falls like a funeral knell on my ear and a lanky hoosier rides up on a diminutive pumpkin-coloured mule that looks like a veritable pygmy between his hoop-pole legs it is but justice to explain that this latter incident did not occur in posey county end of section recording by john b